you are listening to A Night Dream. The Night Dream podcast. Well, uh, one day I would like to finish the two books I started. You are listening to A Night Dream. The Night Dream podcast. The first night dream of the episode is called The Death of an Author. You receive a letter from a solicitor regarding the will of your brother who you didn't know existed. You didn't know he existed, although you did sometimes think about what it would be like if he did. The solicitor's letter is asking you to confirm that this is in fact your address before they send on his personal effects. It is uncharacteristically proactive of you, but you call them straight away. The office is closed on Sundays, so you call back first thing Monday, and the solicitor confirms that yes, you had a brother, yes, they are dead, and yes, they will arrange for delivery of his effects. Before you hang up, you ask how your brother died. There's a difficult pause before the solicitor tells you that your brother wasn't healthy, or in his right mind. You see, you say... The solicitor then informs you that your brother died digging up a bomb in a metal-detecting accident. The solicitor further clarifies that it was a live bomb. You see, you say. And the solicitor says that they are sorry to tell you, but your brother was a writer who wrote extensively about the day he would finally dig up the bomb that killed him. The solicitor finishes by saying that you should have someone there when the package arrives. You still haven't decided who you would want there when the package arrives. You open it straight away and find a book and a blank CD with share written across it in fat permanent marker. Expecting more, you put the CD into your laptop and only a single MP3 appears. It is share, believe, which you play to make sure. It is share and as hard as you look, there is nothing else on the CD which you leave playing while you inspect the book. The title is It Never Ends, and there is a drawing of an impossible shape where four lines meet each other. You look the symbol up, and it's called the Penrose Square. In this version, each line is neatly divided into seven squares, and you turn the book over and read the blurb a few times. It says, Every week of my life is seven days long. Each day I walk into a different room and sleep before walking into the next. Overloaded, you stand up and walk over to the window, which you look out of until it gets dark. The next night dream is called Marble. Sometimes you would lie awake at night, worrying that as soon as you fell asleep, your covers would solidify, changing from soft fabric to marble, a sculpture that, if you weren't careful, could trap you and it always felt unfair to you that this might happen at a time when you had the least power to protect yourself. Why do things have to be this way, you would think to yourself, eyes closed but very much awake. After nights of not wanting to sleep, you realise that if you slept with your torso out of the covers, you could escape if the blanket changed in the night. This, for a long time, was the only way you could sleep, and for a long time you considered your actions to be a solution, 
eventually you'd fallen asleep enough times without it happening to convince you that it probably wasn't going to happen. Now you worry about more tangible things that stop you from sleeping. The next night dream is called the first statue. In a very eventful week, you carve the first sculpture to ever exist. Being so ahead of your time, you encourage everyone you know to create their own homages to things that can exist. In doing so, you create the first gallery, the first space where human artworks exist to be enjoyed by other humans. You do this before language becomes too complicated, so the meaning behind the various artworks is clear to all the visitors. The community takes great pleasure in the parts of itself that are reflected in the artworks. One of your friends who is old brings two clay spheres and sets them down on the rock. They point at their own eyes and back to the spheres. Although nobody knows why the eyeball is so fragile or prone to breaking, Everyone has heard stories about how bad it is to have no working eyes. The thought stays with you after leaving the gallery. The ways in which the clay now serves as a reminder, a warning, or even a marker of what is precious. A part of you feels outdone. Your friend's eyes have cut to the centre of what you have done. How to see things is just to see a version of the thing, and how it measures up to what you see in the thing. The eyes have changed how you view your second sculpture. You spent time crushing shells into pieces and pushing them into mud. You planned to capture something chaotic about the ripples in a puddle. Now you just see your work as an extension of your jealousy for what is. The next night dream is called Emotional Depth. As you stand in the bathroom washing your hands, you see a picture of yourself from when you were younger. You're climbing an inflatable sculpture in a swimming pool, and you remember how the material chafed your body, and how the unhemmed seam of the inflatable jutted out at the corners. It was very important for you to be on top of the sculpture, instead of bobbing in the water beside it. You find the hair in your nose and tug at it, The hair snaps away with your fingers, and you look at yourself in the mirror, shocked that you are the kind of animal that does these kinds of things to itself. The person in the picture would run upstairs on all fours and jump down them. The person in the photo is guilty. The person in the photo didn't understand things when they should have. They wouldn't have been able to buy a ticket at the cinema, hapless. The same person would build a sandcastle and leave before seeing it destroyed. Now you check that things are right. Not always, but now you have to earn your convictions. When you started school, you didn't buy tickets to the yearly raffle because you thought you didn't need them to win. You were content with a life on the surface. Now when you assemble furniture, you check twice to make sure things are the right way or that screws are going into the right places. Pulling yourself into the inflatable sculpture showed you that things can hurt, and now you check after making the bed that you've made it properly. These were things before, and now you can't help but feel as if you are after, and that somehow you weren't there for the vivid parts.
The next night dream is called The Wall. You emerge from the forest again. As always, you are careful to leave behind everything that defined you in the forest. As you pass the last tree of the forest, you enter a small, empty clearing. Beyond the clearing is an enormous stone wall, which stands tall enough so that when you stand by its edge, you can't see the sky behind it. As always, you can tell that they are watching you from above, but it has never bothered you before and doesn't now. You begin to paint onto the wall, continuing your history from the last time you left the woods. You try not to be influenced by your last painting from when things were better. You start with the index, listing the ways in which the forest has wronged you. Your paint is light brown and clay-like. You have no way to measure time in the forest, but the last time you painted was before a loose rock crushed all of the toes on one of your feet, and you've struggled to walk normally since. Normally, you don't like to look at your new foot, but you carefully place it against the wall and trace its outline. You elaborate on your suffering, drawing jagged sore lines spiralling around the outline of your foot. You thread these lines through tall straight lines that resemble the trees, and you end the line as high as you can reach on the wall and surround it with clouds. Perhaps the next time you come to add to the wall will be your last. So, even though it hurts, you follow the wall back to where you started to record things. As you walk, you become immersed in yourself, and you are able to think less about your mangled foot. When you reach the beginning of your painting, you're surprised to see the splash of dried mud on the wall from a falling tree, which first prompted you to start your own record. The next night dream is called Breathing. Your health has been on the decline for years. You used to swim, but you got sick of the smell of pools. You used to run, but you found it hard to stick to a routine. Eventually, you brought an exercise bike that you would sit on while watching television. Sometime later, you moved the exercise bike into the garage and stopped using it altogether. You are beginning to get sick of the walks you've been going on when you pass by a jumble sale. You buy a compact stepper machine. You can tell the owner is pleased to be getting rid of it, but you like buying things and you don't like to pass up on opportunities. The stair stepper is light and small. You already like it. It's an easy machine to trust, not much more than two platforms connected by pipes and a dial which increases the tension. You set the stepper up in the small front room upstairs. You had to walk to buy the machine earlier, so after a few test steps, you leave the machine alone. The next day, you really enjoy your time on the stepping machine. It strives a generous balance between walking and not walking. You watch the people who live opposite leave for work, and you keep stepping until the street feels empty. It doesn't take very long for you to feel out of breath. You work hard to keep the rhythm, buoyed by vindication, you walk and walk until you are actually out of breath. It took you such a long time on this machine that you didn't feel it happen. You are out of breath, and instead of breathing in, you decide not to. To your surprise, it works, and you stop breathing forever. After a week of not breathing, you begin to feel angry at the previous generations who greedily breathed away their entire lives. You forget about the stepper machine 
and start a new hobby, which is exploring the bottom of lakes. Eventually, you start to miss the taste of air, which you remember like a cold glass of water. I don't normally interrupt the night dreams, but somebody out there wished for two more wish night dreams, and I found them. The first one is called Mr. Chatty. You wish that you could influence the popularity of certain words, and it comes true. You convince your friend to start a show called Late Night with Mr. Chatty. They are reluctant, but you convince them that it will be successful. You film a few episodes where your friend interviews your other friends. The conceit that you agree upon is that Mr. Chatty is too busy chatting to listen to the other guests. You concentrate on making people care about the words Mr. Chatty, and suddenly the Mr. Chatty show has 53 million online views. Your friend is speechless and now totally convinced by their name. Slowly, you begin to realize what you should be doing. You make a list of things that you don't like to think about because you lack the power to change them, and you force everybody in the world to think about them until they are fixed. The next night dream is called Rooms. You hate throwing things away. You often daydream about things that you've taken to the tip in the past. Sometimes you photograph them because the idea that you will never see them again is too much for you to bear. You recognize that it isn't healthy behavior, but also it isn't harming anyone. You do feel an element of shame when you say goodbye to a microwave with the same certainty as the infected mice who seek out cats. You just wish you didn't need to throw things away, and your wish comes true. The door to an elevator appears in the space under your stairs, and inside the elevator you see about 50 buttons with room for more to be added. Each button corresponds to a different floor, like you would expect, and each floor you check turns out to be some kind of storage. Some are set up like galleries, Others are more conventional warehouses, filled with rows and rows of shelving. It is exactly what you wished for, but you didn't think it would come true, and you aren't really in the mood for a clear-out. You think that it would have been nice for this to happen before you threw away your old microwave. 